0: Hello. I forgot we got to like do a whole song and dance here. Hello. Welcome to oh, our, we're our little starting. talky thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We, we talk and you listen to us and we go blah, 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 blah. And we talk about movies and stuff. Me, Stefan. That's my name. And me. This is unhinged. Do you want to try what, that again? What are we but doors? <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Takes It Took. Look at how nice and pristine and clean and orderly I am. I've got this all written out, the introduction down on paper, and I'm not stalling. Who am I joined by today?
1: You joined by Mariah.
0: And Miles, is that you stalling? Was that...
2: No. Oh, because you kind of like... Sorry. Never mind.
1: And then the the, the song (laughs) plays. The song plays
0: here. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. We're on a little podcast, and what do we do on this podcast? We talk about movies. And so what do we like to do on this podcast where we talk about movies? We like to talk about movies. Mariah, what's a movie you've watched lately that you'd like to talk about on this movie where we talk about podcasts? This podcast <laughs> where we
2: talk about movies.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, recently, I watched the movie Lucky, which was 2017, and it stars Harry Dean Stanton. He's a guy named Lucky. Um, very good. It's, it's very, very, very indie. Um, I will say, I do think the first half was better than the second half. I found myself really into it at the beginning, and then towards mm. the end, I was kind of unimpressed with some of the dialogue and some of the choices, but for is, is what it was. Cowboy movie? Yes, it is a cowboy movie. Oh. Yeah. It's about old cowboy coming to terms with the fact that he's going to die.
0: It's got David Lynch in it, Monkey yeah. Man.
1: Yeah. and he's looking Lynch. for his turtle, or tortoise, named President Roosevelt.
0: Yep. He he, acts in it. yeah. He, yeah. And he goes, "Where's my torch? I need my torch."
1: That's a pretty good David Lynch impression. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yes, ma'am. I was on Amazon. Oh no, that's
0: me pretending to be David Lynch. Oh, is he just kind of like ha- he just moves. Aye. He made uh, I saw a video where he makes like woodwork now, and he made this torch that looks like a Minecraft torch. Yeah. It's just a block with like an orange. Is he a gamer? He might be a gamer.
1: My favorite video of David Lynch is where he's directing, and he goes, "Okay, do it again." but better. He's
0: better. got a lot of funny yeah. bits. There's one where he's on set and he's just like looking at a piece of wood and he's like, wood has been the greatest invention for mankind. <laughs> okay. You have a job to be doing, man. <laughs> Miles, what have you watched?
2: I watched for the first time, the life of Brian, the Monty Python mm. movie. I have always never
0: seen it. look on the bright yeah, side. It's at the very of end life.
2: of the movie. So we just fucking spoil it, I guess.
0: Well, I didn't say what happens. I just sang the song. No, it was a good movie. You
1: liked it. I liked it. it are was you funny. A, are you a fan of uh, Holy Grail?
0: I am.
2: Yeah, I really like Holy Grail. Uh, Life of Brian is good,
0: but not. I prefer as Life good of, good of Brian opinion. over Monty Python. Really? They're the Holy Grail? Yeah, I don't. I think maybe just because Holy Grail was so overhyped for me going into it, I thought I was going to like drop dead laughing, and so my expectations are so high. I, yeah. st- I do think it's got fun bits, but it's just like, I don't know. Well, I like visual comedy. So yeah. for me,
2: I feel like Holy Grail had more visual comedy mm. um,
0: than Life of see. Brian. It's also been a while since I watched either of them. so
1: I think I watched Money Python and the Holy Grail in like middle school. And I was just like, okay.
0: I oh, watched it first year of college. It was, that free was the on only YouTube. time I
1: saw it. And my takeaway was, okay. But I do really like John Cleese and some of the other stuff that he's done, you know? So, I I like some of their stuff, but I haven't seen Life of Brian. I should at some point. All right, Stefan, what movie have you seen? Well, it being
0: Halloween and all, I watched a a spooky movie called Jacob's Ladder. uh, There's this dude. His name's Jacob. He's either crazy or the world is crazy because he starts seeing uh, really, really strange stuff. No, I think the ladder didn't make the cut. I think it was removed in production, -production, post-production. There's no ladder in the movie. Does he have a Jacob's Ladder? No. No, see what I thought. I think this is stupid, but apparently, Jacob's ladder is like a biblical thing, and I guess it's like a metaphor, but whatever. Isn't it a piercing you get
2: on your wiener? No, what am I thinking of? Wow, man, that's isn't We're, that called a prince? It's a prince, Al- Prince Albert. Albert? No, well, prince I think Albert that's the one the, at the tip. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean,
0: <laughs> right. it's this dude, Jacob. He's he's going a little crazy. He starts seeing stuff. He sees like homeless people with tails, and they hide it under their jackets and things like that. He's seeing pe- monster people in the club. People no faces and like the subways as they pass pass by and stuff like that. He he was a Vietnam vet. He thinks something happened because all his other Vietnam vet buddies are having these crazy dreams and hallucinations, and uh, it's just kind of a strange strange movie. Miles, you know the video game Silent Hill. I do know the video game. The, this movie inspired Silent Hill. Yo, and as an as a inspiration for that game. Really? It's got some good moments. There's one of one of the best moments isn't even like a spooky monster part. There is this bit where he has a fever and his girlfriend's like, oh, my God, like you're burning up. And she calls the doctor and he's like, he's not going to make it a hospital. So she like puts him in a tub and then she starts banging on the doors of all the apartments, like asking people for ice and getting their help. And they're like, we need ice. we need to cool him down. And he's like freaking out and having a traumatic event because he's like dying and having a fever and being thrown into an ice tub. It's like generally unsettling. It's just real. Who's in it? It's got Tim Robbins. Okay, but it's hmm. a weird, spooky movie. Kind of long, but hey. Speaking of spooky movies, we're finishing up our October October uh, trilogy or cycle. Yeah.
2: Um, is this when is this coming out?
1: This is coming out on the thirtieth.
2: So on and- Halloween. Right the, the day Halloween. before Halloween. Yeah. Day before Halloween. Well, get your costumes ready, kids. Get ready. It's, it's, uh, what the devil. What's the night before Halloween? Hallows Eve. Hallows Eve. Right? Sure. Sure. No, there, I feel like there's a name. It's like it. Sam, Samuel. Like on the East Coast, there's like a name.
0: Uh, Let
1: me do a little Google. Sam Miles. Sam the whole podcast. To find yeah, out. thanks,
0: Miles. Mischief Night. You made that
2: shit up. Devil's Night
1: is a name associated with October 30th, the night before Halloween. But also, oh yeah, Mischief Night is the next Mm. thing down here.
2: Take it back, Stefan. Apologize.
1: In New Jersey, it's known as Mischief Night. In Detroit, it's Devil's Night.
0: Hmm. That's fantastic. I can't wait to cut that.
1: Of course, this is on the first page of Google results, (laughs) so... um,
0: Hey, speaking of spooky speaking movies. Speak speaking of speaking, spooky, spooky, boogies, spooky spe- movies. Hey, hello, speaking of spooky movies. We're going to be talking about our last spooky movie. A cult classic film called "The Evil Dead 2.": Not the first one. Not the first no. one, the second one. Yes.
2: Which I think
0: is better. Yes, I think so as well. this is why I'm talking about the second one. I will be talking about the first one actually, because Okay, I'll just cover it briefly, because it's hard to talk about the second one without talking about the first one, just mm-hmm. in terms of production. I think cult classic film. I think this is a good way to sandwich the end of our uh, rotation here because we go from one cult classic to another. And as I was briefly discussing with Miles on Snapchat, this will be interesting because Mariah, I don't think you like this movie very much.
1: It was fun. When we get into ratings, I'll, I'll yeah, talk well, about like, it more. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to. I don't, don't want to like. Yeah, yeah. Shit on it I best just, early, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, but I was just saying. I think it's an interesting parallel because Rocky Horror, we had a similar setup.
1: Yeah. Well, oh Where, my rating is not gonna be like that low. Oh
0: well, no. Well, I'm just saying, like in the in the sense that it was a cult classic film. Both are kooky and don't yeah. make sense, and you either like it or you don't. Kind of Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Evil Dead Two. Give uh, Matt Give me the. Give me the first half.
1: All right. We don't, got... Don't,
0: don't, don't be long with it. Quickly. Wait, can I do the first half? You, Mar- Miles, you can do the first half. Okay.
2: <clears throat> Sit down, boys and girls. Already sitting. And Mariah. Already sitting. Mariah, okay. hmm Ash and his girlfriend go to a cabin, and uh, she gets iced instantly by a ghost, and he ices her back very unceremoniously and quickly. Uh, mm. Very little sadness in that. <sighs> God damn it, Stephanie. Uh, and then he is bitten by the head of his now dead girlfriend. And then his hand turns alive because he masturbated too much. And he <laughs> impregnated his own hand. And then he stabs it and he cuts it off. And then it, that's what he came up with? I'm sorry. Okay. And then and then,
1: and then I'll take over. And then um the, the, the cabin that they're at it's like this doctor and his wife live there and their daughter and her fiance or husband or whatever are coming to go check on them. They've got the other pages of the undead book, but oh no, the bridge is closed. So then they hire these two other kind of hillbillies to lead them to the cabin. So then there's five of them. And then uh, basically one by one, they all kind of get picked off and die. And then, um, the one girl, Annie is a bitch and I don't like her. And then, um, Henrietta, the, the mother is trapped in the cellar, but she's not Henrietta. And then she comes back and she is Henrietta and she sings the lullaby and it's like freaky as hell. And then, um, one of the hillbillies runs into the woods and then the other hillbillies like, no, Bobby Lee, come back. And then, um, uh, Annie stabs him accidentally cause she's a bitch. And then she drags him right outside the trap door, like a bitch. And then he gets sucked under, um, and eaten alive. And then, um, Ash and Annie manage to, uh, fight off. The dead, but then he gets sucked into a vortex and ends up in medieval times. The end,
0: yeah, good job, good job, guys. You know, we'll talk about certain <laughs> scenes, and so we'll, you know, we'll describe the scenes a little more when we get to them in case we passed over them. But uh,
2: we forgot yeah. the part where um, he goes clinically insane for a little bit,
0: yeah, he does just go straight insane. And and one of the theories, because obviously the first movie's played it's like straight horror and he doesn't act like he does in this one, he's he's like a scaredy cat, and he's not like a big boss man who. Put the chainsaw on his arm with a shotgun and like shoots things. Yeah, and which and st- by the
1: way I called at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah.
0: Where I was like, "Oh, I'd like keep the shotgun on my back and then have the chainsaw." And that's what he does. And that, yeah. I'm smart. You're smart. You Thank know how you. to kill things.
2: Yeah. I can't wait for you to cut off
0: your own hand, but yeah, I I can't actually.
1: I'll wait on that.
0: Well, the first one straight horror. This one like horror comedy. Some people say like, oh. It's because Ash, by this time, he's gone crazy. So the whole world is crazy because we're seeing it through his eyes. And that's why everything seems so comedic now rather than scary is because like he's gone insane. I think it's just because Sam Raimi wanted to make a Three Stooges movie. But hey, Evil Dead 2, directed by Sam Raimi. I don't know if you guys know Sam Raimi very well. Um, yeah, he ripped off Paranorman with a lot of his shots. Yeah. So Paranorman went back in time. And- <laughs> yeah, Paranorman went back in time. Sam Raimi, born in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan on October 23rd, 1959, giving you all the details. He's 62 years old.
1: At the time of this recording.
0: At the time of this recording. So if this recording is timeless and people are listening to it 20 years from now, he's he's probably dead. He's probably dead because this man smoked a lot. Rip. uh, Yeah, he smoked a lot. Ripping fat ones, absolutely ungodly large doobies. Cigarettes. No, uh Sam Raimi's got a brother named Ted. He's got a, a brother, Ted Raimi, who does has done a lot of acting, actually. He was the um big, fat, possessed Henrietta in Evil Dead 2. But he was also in a video game Called The Quarry. Called The Quarry, which came out recently. Look at me it's, go, I know a video you, game. Miles, do you know the game Until Dawn? I do know Until Dawn. They they were <clears throat> like decision based games yeah. you know Butterfly story effects. implemented where okay. you know you make decisions and no those decisions.
2: Not as big of a gamer as Mariah. No yeah. <laughs> Mariah's the biggest gamer Mariah's such a
0: big gamer she watches Markiplier. Yeah. So I don't know so, what the Quarry is. It's it's just a new horror game and Ted yeah. Raimi's in it and he plays a character in it. He's also done many other sort of I wanna say that's like roles. the only thing
1: I know him from
0: <laughs> he's been a, he's he also shows up in just a ton of Sam Raimi movies, so like the Spider Man movies, I think he shows up briefly. That makes sense. Uh, a lot of these people that I'm going to talk about and who worked on the Evil Dead movies just show up in those movies because they're pals and... Good friends. to give them. Also, you know, looking at this information and about his brother and stuff made me think, you know, how does it feel to know that all your personal information when you make it big is just a, a finger tap away? A nose tap away?
1: It makes me feel extremely uneasy. How, could you,
0: how would it feel if someone used their wiener to look up you and your family? What? Because it could be done. It can be Still done. You can click on links and you can figure it all out like that. How's Why? that how's that make how's that make you feel? Is I don't it... I don't wanna you know try and cast any undue light on my researching process. But just so you know, how does it feel that when you make it big that's what you have awaiting you?
2: I think I can't wait how okay, I'm really excited for people to be able to look me up with their all wait, their, okay. all, <laughs> all their appendages. With all their appendages. Unless it's soft, in which case, very displeased. I think
0: humans are all soft. Anyways, hey, Sam Raimi had a lot of other siblings. One of them died. Oh shit! One of them drowned. Why 15. you can't? <laughs> you,
2: no, you can't go from
0: <laughs> wiener joke. So, I'm sorry. To oh,
2: a family member of his
0: died by drowning. Sorry, Sam. But anyways, Raimi is a, a nerd. He loves comic books. Like really he loves what? he really loves comic books. Comic he books? really loves comic books, which is why he ended up doing the Spider Man movie. He tried to do a comic book movie for so long, and they were like, "No." And then eventually he got it. So hey, cool they for gave you,
2: Spider Man, which I feel like is a, I guess now it's a big one. Yeah, back back
0: then, then I, never... I don't think they had a lot of faith in Spider Man.
2: No,
1: well superhero movies weren't super big until no. like, Iron Man really came along.
2: Yeah, I think. yeah. Well, there were some of the Superman movies. There yeah, those Superman, were the only there was ones. Batman, Batman. Yeah.
1: There was uh, the Edward Norton Hulk.
2: Yes. All mm. very mid. Yeah. Except for Clint Eastwood as Batman. Clint, that's not the person. That's, that's not Clint
1: Eastwood. That would be George a really. Clint? It's George that would have been a really interesting <laughs> picture. Carboy Gorg? Come on. <laughs> Clint
0: Eastwood Batman. That would be interesting. He just kills people because he's like a <laughs> yeah. cowboy. All right. Sammy Lamy. His movies are often pretty campy and silly and goofy. This is because one of his biggest inspirations is the Three Stooges. He loves the Three Stooges. And and in an interview, I saw someone there like, the secret about Sam is he just wants to make Three Stooges movies. And the horror just kind of gets tacked on. Huh. He also likes H.B. Lovecraft. So that's where where some of that other stuff. That's where I think the concept of the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, comes Mm -hmm. from is an H.B. Lovecraft story. That makes sense. Uh, Went to Michigan State University for English. Go English. Go English. He, he Go English. wanted to become a learned man. However, at a younger age before he went to college, his father one day brought home a movie camera and he loved to play with it. He loved to play around and make little short films with his Super 8 camera with his friend Bruce Campbell, who he met Bruce in who? high school. Bruce Campbell. Wait, you met Bruce Campbell in high school. In high school. They're childhood friends.
2: I've met Bruce Campbell.
0: You've met Bruce Campbell. Miles, what is your, your interaction with Bruce Campbell like?
2: I'm glad you asked. I met Bruce Campbell at Southern Oregon University, the school we go to, because he has a house in mm-hmm. Ashland. Um, and so there was the Ashland Independent Film Festival, uh, and he was going to kind of host a part of it. And so he came into the DMC, which is a, a studio on our, on our campus, and he had to record lines. And so I was working the teleprompter uh, while this was going on, and the teleprompter program we had was insanely old. So if you wanted to make a change, you had to stop the tele- teleprompter program, scroll through all the mm. thing at like a terrible speed, find it, edit it, go back into the actual teleprompter like, you know, run state, scroll all the way through again till you find where you're supposed to be, and then you pick up from there. And boy, oh boy, did he not like that. <sighs> and he yelled at me and said that I was being too slow and mm. that... uh I was ass. At, he didn't say I was oh. ass at the teleprompter, but he was very
0: and He was like, whoever's mm. working
2: the teleprompter like, needs to get their shit together. Mm. And that's the, that's the one and only interaction I've had with Sorry, jam. Bruce
0: Campbell, if you want to come on and defend yourself and no,
2: apologize. He was, <laughs> he was justified. I, the program sucked, and mm. I was going as fast as I could, but I blame the program, not me. Bruce
0: Campbell, I'm sorry. He had places to be, pizza to eat, Chins to sharpen. (laughs) But anyways, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and another friend, uh, Robert Taper, who would later be a producer and would produce these movies, were all met around high school and they'd make uh, movies together. Pretty cool. They made a 70-minute short in college called It's Murder, Shawn Super 8 for $2,000. Not really much to say, just like a student film. They would then go on to make a 32-minute short called Within the Woods, For about $1,600, which served as a sort of proof of concept for the Evil Dead.
2: I mean, this is still a lot of money. This is still a lot of money. high school students.
0: Well, they're in college now. Oh, okay. But but still, a lot of money. And they did a lot of just asking people for money. Um, But when they made this short film, Within the Woods, they used it as a sort of proof of concept to make Evil Dead. And they had it. They convinced a couple of local cinemas to show it alongside Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: And by, and
0: by doing this, they were able to get a little bit of support and finance, and uh, they decided they were just too hairy for the scary, for the gore, Holland for the mauling, mm-hmm. that, that they, they wanted to make this movie, and so they dropped out of college. Hmm. And they, they went on to make... Like
1: all of them collectively?
0: Okay, oh, Sam Raimi. I don't know if all of them collectively oh, okay. dropped out of college, but Sam Raimi dropped out of college to, uh, so they could make The Evil Dead. And they, cool. they went on to beg investors, financers, merchants, family, and friends, anybody that could get a hold of to uh, try and money. get money for this movie. And they ended up raising around $375,000.
1: God motherfucking day. And they would, they
0: would just go door to door. They'd go into shops and be like, hey, you want to watch this? Maybe finance it. A lot of people said no. Some people were curious, said yeah. So it was just the grind. I got to respect the grind. They They were on that Sigma grind set. Sigma grind set, alpha male. Just day and night. Doing it. Anyways, Evil Dead. They go on to make the Evil Dead for about $375,000. Bruce Campbell's cast as the lead because he's a friend and he also wants to be an actor. Most of the crew were just friends and family for a total whopping of 13 people working on this movie. Woo! And they lived out. They found a remote cabin. And they lived out of it while they made this movie. And there was no electricity. Or, yeah, there's no heating.
2: Wait, but they straight beat up that cabin,
0: too. The cabin in the second, yeah. Then the second movie, the cabin is a set.
2: Oh, okay, right. We're yeah, talking yeah. about the first. Yeah, yeah. One. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. but this is
0: still the first one. And the first one, it's just an actual remote cabin they found that okay. they, they lived out of. And it was very, very cold. They would actually, by the end of shooting, would be burning furniture to stay warm <gasps> until they burned all the furniture they had.
1: Oh, Holy my shit. God.
0: Uh, <laughs> Tom Sullivan created the special effects with a limp biscuit-ass budget for gallons of fake blood, foam, and various latex materials. I'll be talking a lot about special effects later. He would also work on the Evil Dead, too. That's why I bring him up. Uh, this was shot on a Kodak 16mm.
1: This is still the first one. Yeah? This is still the okay. first
0: one. We're still on the first one. Shot on 16mm. Bruce Campbell said it was a comedy of errors and 12 weeks of mirthless exercise and agony, which is a baller-ass band name. <laughs> mirthless exercise of agony is phenomenal crew got lost on the way to the cabin they had no steady cam so they had what they called a shaky cam which is a camera mounted to a piece of wood and two people would then run around the woods with it so that's how they got their shots was just like screaming through the trees and stuff it's just two guys with a board with a camera on it they had uh, uh yeah. no dolly so that led to what they created the vasocam which, uh, as you may suspect, used Vaseline for a mounted camera to slide down some wood. Hey-oh, bada-boom, baby.
2: <laughs> Pioneers. Not only are they independent filmmakers making it big in the world, but they're scientists. They're
0: creating new actual scientists masterpieces. Here. Actors accidentally stabbed. People fell. People got thrown in things and hurt. Rub some dirt in it. Grow up, whatever. So, what? Ooh, you got stabbed, broke your ankle. Okay, whatever. And uh, this is an interesting thing to talk about. Mr. Brainy Raimi coined a term that is actually used in a film industry sometimes called fake shemp. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I've never heard of so it. So, a man. fake shemp is somebody, is when they have somebody act as another actor because they couldn't be present for shooting. Usually, this is because they died.
2: Oh. Okay. So,
0: this name refers to, although. An example, Another example would be, Mariah, you know this one in Back to the Future 2, when the dad, was it the dad? He wasn't going to be present for shooting the second film, so they got another guy who looked like him, and then they had him wear a face mask of the other guy, because they had it from the previous movie, mm-hmm. to make it look like the original actor, and they're like, you're stealing my likeness, you can't and, do that.
1: Um, I At some point, I'm going to be covering each of the Back to the Future movies, mm-hmm. and that one is very interesting because of the legality issues for yeah. it um which sent like a precedent in hollywood um because oh my goodness i'm forgetting his name crispin glover yeah crispin glover like sued because they basically like i didn't realize the first few times that i watched back to the future 2 that it wasn't him in it mm. Mm. it's so convincing and they do this whole thing where they have him like upside down the whole time so it kind of like distorts his face a little bit already it really
0: helps that crispin glover kind of looks like wax already <laughs> and if you of don't course. believe me look him up
1: but yeah, the Bob's Zemeckis, and Gale had uh some legal issues with that one.
0: Yeah. Um, well, which is very interesting. So that's when fake shamping kind of saw its end. However, it still exists well, now. now.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, because with the new Star
0: Wars movies, yes.
2: fake shamping back, but now in entirely CG.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a and it's a completely different way. So you know, with Star Wars, Fast and the Furious, they they do it now, but it's it's with more uh grace of you know the estates of the people who
1: i think they also did it with philip Seymour hoffman in the hung- the last hunger games movie
0: oh maybe yeah i didn't know that but also just so you know the fake shamping the term comes from a man named Shemp howard who was the third of the three stooges for about 10 years because he replaced curly who had been sick hmm. but mr Shemp howard is not the fake Shemp. no Shemp howard was at a boxing game and after ripping a fat joke Lit a cigar and died.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. He
0: died and he slumped over on his friend's lap, who thought he was doing a bit, but he wasn't. He was dying, and so Wait. he was already filming a couple Three Stooges movies. So then they had to get uh, fake shemps to come in and oh fill his position.
2: God. So he just hit it too hard. He just
0: hit. He just hit the Yonky Splunky way too goddamn hard, and he keeled <laughs> over. Which is how I want to go. Damn. Raimi during the editing of the first Evil Dead, still first Evil Dead, he met a woman named Edna Ruth Paul, who I'm not entirely convinced is a real person because they have not edited a lot of things. And Edna Ruth's Paul assistant was Joel Cohen of oh. the Cohen brothers. And they have a they reputation th- for using fake names when they edit movies yeah. because you're not allowed to like have two people editing. You know, there's certain like, uh, regulations with like the director's guild where you're not allowed to have those responsibilities sort of combined to one man so they would make a fake name to say they edited it when really they were the ones who did it
2: chances are when you're going through the credits of the evil dead you're seeing some I could be fake wrong ass names.
0: maybe I, it's a real person I, I could not find anything on Edna Ruth Paul really I could see things they were credited on but I couldn't find interviews, articles obit- obituary, nothing hmm so wait was there a picture of her i think i found a like a photo and there was like a fuzzy old lady but i don't know again could have been just anyone yeah. anyone so i don't know i'm not entirely maybe they are come on the podcast if you're not dead but <laughs> joel cohen was the assistant and they met joel cohen and joel cohen would edit the evil dead or help edit the Dead. are evil we still dead, on the first with- one this is still the first one. Okay. I said before I before I talked about the editing. I okay. said okay. Evil okay. Dead One, the first one. i talking I'm about ju- the first I'm one. I'm
1: just making sure. He
0: edited the first one, and then of course Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen, both Cohen brothers, who become friends with Sam Raimi. And yeah, for those who don't know, Cohen brothers are great. They made No Country for Old Men, Big Lebowski, Fargo, Fargo, Serious Man, which is another movie. That one's lesser known, but good movie. I like Serious Man. And it was also around this time that the Cohen brothers would write the script for the first future blood simple which would release in 84 and the first evil Dead was 81 and so they're about 30 when they release their first feature which we got some time guys also just a random thing joel joel would save ramey sam taught us that if you call on the phone and ask people to invest in a movie they'll tell you to go to hell but if you tell them i have a piece of film to show you then some of them would let you come into the living room and set up your little projector and show it to them so they were like, "Yeah, just the grind of getting people to invest in your movie when you don't have Hollywood parents or something."
2: I can't wait for us to do that.
0: We're, we're going to have to do that, yeah. Go door to door. Now we got Kickstarter and stuff, and yeah. a podcast, and, and to give fin- us money, give us money, money, please. And to finish
1: off, my Venmo is. You can send money that.
0: straight to my apartment at four four four. Final thing on Evil Dead One: They did a tour of sorts to premiere the movie around the country. And Sam Raimi and would organize to have like ambulances outside the theater to like build ambiance, make it all spooky. That's fun. Yeah. And it uh it got it actually got really successful. It it took a couple years until once it released overseas, it was huge, and they got a lot of money that way. Really, overseas? Yeah, it's it works like that.
2: I was say it was the same for um Attack on Precinct Thirteen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it was not, huge in England. Yeah, yeah, it was huge in England. Not popular in America when it first came out. Yeah, it's
0: weird. They just uh. I like them over there. Hmm. Different tastes. Mm-hmm. They would then... Uh, so the Cone brothers would then help Ramey uh, write his second movie. or No, it would be his third movie because technically his college short or whatever counted. But his third movie with the Cone brothers called Crime Wave in 1985, which was bad. And um, the experience was bad. They, wow. they now are working with a big studio. Oh, shoot, I don't have... It, it was called something like... Empire or something was the studio. So it, it was bad. They had so many disagreements. They went over budget. One actor tore apart his hotel room to exercise a ghost. They blew up ice on a river with dynamite. But uh, Tabert, Raimi, and Campbell all thought their careers were over at this point because the movie went so horribly. I mean,
2: I can see... Because like,
0: sometimes it is just
2: one bad movie and you're, and you're yeah, done.
0: Yeah, when you're starting out and you're indie and you your first time working with the studio and you mess it up. Yeah. Campbell, Campbell hated this experience he said it was awful he was really disheartened by the experience and he said the studios were heartless and obsessed with nickel and dime bullshit and they would just question everything they did and didn't like any of their decisions and they also forced ramey out of like editing and campbell was supposed to be in it like in the lead but they're like no you can't be in it and you know they cast someone else it was just studio stuff but they didn't like it they wanted the control that you know creatively to be able to control the film and they didn't get it
1: that's a theme that i've noticed which is like independent filmmakers they do like a film that they really like and then they do a studio movie and they're like uh oh, shit because they're like yeah. way more controlled by the studio
0: well and a couple of people would say sam raimi seemed happiest when he was doing indie films but rolling around now in evil dead 2 a character scott spiegel he was another friend of theirs in high school who would be in short films, and he did like silly shorts. He really liked the Three Stooges, and as a youngin, he would do uh, like Three Stooges parodies, and and things like that. And so for this the second movie, Sam Raimi wanted to bring him on because he was a little a little goofy little guy, and he wanted his new movie to be a little goofy little goofy guy movie. And so he said, "Hey, come on in here." In fact, uh, Spiegel had a short film called Attack of the Helping Hand in 1979 Hmm. that parodied the hamburger helper mascot and attacks the housewife. Oh. Weird little guy, that glove.
1: I thought you were going to say it was like that scene in Evil Dead 2 with the...
0: Well, yeah, no, that's where they got the inspiration for that scene is the short film. Gotcha. Of the hamburger helper attacking housewife. Okay, so I was right. Yeah.
1: The hamburger helper bit just threw me off.
0: Yeah, just weird little glove guy.
2: I think when it comes down to instant dinner mascots, (laughs) I am more scared by Chef Boyardee. Not
0: the disembodied
2: glove? I, I could take a, a glove. Mm. I could beat the crap out of a glove.
0: You think? He's got like chimp strength. He'll pull your nose off and stuff.
2: <sighs> Maybe. But those cans, man, they got... Have you been Wait!
1: Tre-
2: <laughs> they got weight, dude. You get pelted by the can because you guess. didn't buy it at the store. Just an old man. He's going to be like, Mom, can I buy this can? And Mom's going to go, no. And then you're going to wake up and your mom's been pelted to death by Jeff Boyardee cans.
0: Movies. Anyways, for this new movie they wanted it to be like a fun house where, or a haunted mansion where it's like a little scary here, a little funny there, funny, scary, where it's kinda of like a, a goofy experience overall, and not, you know, straight horror. And this is where things get a little fun. On a side note, these uh this is a little later in the timeline, doesn't really mess up. This is just this happens later. I believe this happened I couldn't find an exact date, like era when this happened. Sorry, but Spiegel would move down to LA to try and get started in the film industry, and he would move with Sam Raimi, and both the Cone brothers. So for a time in one household, there was Sam Raimi, Scott Spiegel, both Cone brothers, Francis McDormand, Holly Hunter, and Kathy Bates, Holy all lived in a home together, shit. and we're trying to make movies and writing scripts and doing things like that.
1: Oh my god,
0: we're inadequate. <laughs> Well, they're just buddies, old pals. That could be us. You I know? guess it could be us. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Our in the future, miles. in yeah. the future, they'll be reading about us and they'll go, "Oh my god, they were roommates. They were roommates. They were roommates. And they were roommates." And on another side note, there was a man named Lawrence Bender who was spending his time doing grip work until he co-produced a movie with Sam Raimi called Intruder in 1989. And at a gathering, a little party, a little get together, Spiegel, the writer of Evil Dead, co-writer of Evil Dead Two. Would introduce a young writer to Lawrence Bender. This young writer's name was Quentin Tarantino, and Quentin Tarantino would tell Lawrence Bender about his heist movie that he really liked, called Reservoir Dogs. And uh, Lawrence Bender would then go on to produce it.
2: This is like the fucking Rat Gang.
0: Yeah, they. I know they. They. They're all connected. They're all pals. They all
2: like they're all interlinked. Whenever
1: I hear stories about this, yeah, like when it's like, oh, they went to high school together, or like mm. they met in college, like um. Fucking like Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson being like roommates yeah. and buddies, and like I'm like holy shit, like that always.
2: I mean, like once one of them succeeds, you pull. Yeah, up the you can help pull pull up the, the others. You other. so, like you all succeed. So only one of us needs to succeed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> only one of us needs to hit the lottery. Who yeah. do you, who's it gonna be? My money's on Mariah. Sorry, <laughs> Stefan. She's the one going to grad school.
1: I don't mean a thing. It just means I'm pouring money. And she likes the
0: <laughs> rules. I don't like the rules because I'm a bad boy.
1: Okay, take that out.
0: Stephen King, another man introduced in this equation, really liked the first Evil Dead movie. He really liked the first Evil Dead movie. He saw it at a film festival, and he's like, this is fantastic. This is wonderful. This is one of the most original movies that I've ever seen. Was
2: this during his Coke era? Uh,
0: Yeah, probably. Acclaimed acclaimed author Stephen King. He he really liked the first Evil Dead, and he heard that they're making a second one. And so Mr. Stephen King heard the sweet peepings, and he called up his producer because by this time they're making Stephen King movies. And he mm-hmm. called up his producers associated with making those movies. And he said he told him to go fund the Evil Dead 2. He said, you will go fund the Evil Dead 2. First one's phenomenal. Go help him out. And the producer's name is Dino De Laurentiis. Dino, good old Dino. And Dino was like, okay, man, fine. You're Stephen King. I'll, I'll go do it. <laughs> And he went and uh, spoke with Raimi, and after 20 minutes, he agreed to finance the movie for $3.5 million. Ooh. That's a big leap. So that went well. Yeah. All because Stephen King liked your movie.
1: That's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, Hey, all Stephen right, King, sure. I, have, I have a movie idea.
0: <laughs> so with budget out of the way, we can now move on to productions. Uh, Bruce Campbell said we were better filmmakers at that point, so it was actually not a horrible experience, unlike the first movie and determined to correct production issues with the first movie. Raimi planned out production as much as he could because he didn't really do that with the first one. He just sort of eyeballed it. And so he he was really descriptive with sound effects and things in the scripts and he even wrote very, he drew up some very silly storyboards for scenes and things, you know, stick figures and little things. And there's a bit where the special effects team were like, yeah, we're looking at your storyboards. And they're like, what is this, man? And he had to explain, oh, that's the possessed hand. And they're like, oh, okay. There was again, still sort of low budget though, and so they had they had this one issue where some of the crew they said the crew some of the grip lighting and electric guys were just really doubtful of them, and they they kept trying to like ham like jump in on like Ramy's decisions and stuff, and they're like,, mm, we shouldn't put the lights here we want, We should do it over here because it'll look better if we do it here and this and this, and Raimi was like, "This is my show." and so he fired a third of the team in my one show. in one week in one in one damn. week. He fired a third of the team and then they brought in new guys And there. Like, and another reason for this too was because it's low budget. They were sort of crunching and cramming. And so people are staying overtime. And a lot of these guys would be like, oh, time to go. And they'd go. And I think they were just kind of like, this is like a passion project. This like means a lot to me. This isn't a job. Like, I don't want people who are just going to go home when the time's up. I want people who are invested in this project and willing to, you know, put their time into it. So he got rid of those people who he felt like weren't committed. And so things get kind of silly here.
2: The oh, they first start getting silly
0: well the first movie was given to was sold out to a company I forget which but it was a different company than the one doing when they're doing the second movie so they did not have the rights to the first movie they could not use any of the footage to the first movie so that's why the recap of in the second movie is not really representative of the first movie oh. in the first movie there's a bunch of kids that go up to the cabin demons gets summoned and then they all die they all die bruce campbell gets hit with like a spirit at the end and he's dead in this movie they have like a weird recap where it's just him and his girlfriend go up and then at the end you see the spirit go into his face and then it starts with him flying through the woods technically that's the start of the movie that's where evil dead 2 starts because oh. Evil Dead One ends with the camera going into his face, so if you were to stitch him together, it would be that shot where it like hits him and throws him through the woods. Oh, okay. But because of licensing issues and things, they had to play around with it and change the story. And they they did reshoot a couple of different things that didn't make an Evil Dead Two like recaps, but for whatever reason they didn't they didn't put them in. So Evil Dead Two is technically a soft reboot, not a sequel. It's hmm. sort of its own thing. The more you know. This time around. For Evil Dead 2, they picked a new location, one that was warmer, one that was not cold, where they were they were shivering and burning furniture. They picked Wadesboro, North Carolina, which a year previous, the Spielberg movie, The Color Purple filmed. So this town was kind of used, not used to, but had experience with a film set being present. So they're like, this is good, even though you just had, you know, the Cadillac of film directors come uh, yeah. in. Now we're going to show up with our ragtag group of indie filmmakers. Whatever, it went it it went well. Except it was it was muggy, it was hot, full of bugs. So the first place was too cold, this place was too warm. But warm was better because you're not dying and getting pneumonia. This was an interesting thing they talked about, is some of the businesses still had segregation. And so the Excuse special me? the special effects team talked about how they went to a laundromat to get their clothes washed and people came up and they're like, This is the black laundromat, the white laundromat's down the street. And they were like, Oh, Wait. Okay. And like, this is 87? this is Or 86 they're filming? I think 86 they're filming, <laughs> they're filming a release in 87, but Holy 86. Shit. And they're like, the movie theater had like a black and white respective entrances. Wait, this like, is North the, Carolina? Yeah. Yep. North Carolina. What's
1: absolutely... Oh my God. What's so, absolutely <laughs> wild to me is, I can put this in perspective, that um, my parents were going to graduate school. Yeah. Like around this time in North Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I have... Oh, my God. I'll be you know... Is it 86? 86. I have siblings <laughs> that were alive when, I guess, segregation was cool.
0: So, I, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's so I fun. will say, not in defense, but in the sense that this is a small town. So, maybe they didn't have the money. Because, you know, you got to, like, change... The it's, structures just say and stuff. You, but I guess, I, guess all use I, guess I guess you just got to change the signs. We that's all you got to do. We just have two entrances now. I was thinking they had to like redesign a whole building, but I'm like, oh, no. You just, no, just take down the just signs. Just take down the signs. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was cool. But the, the set <laughs> was built. <laughs> real this, cool. <laughs> it was real fun. The I schools, love it. The schools are segregated, I think. What? <laughs> but that being said, they, the set was built in a school, in a gymnasium. It was a two-story set.
1: You know, they did that for Home Alone as well. Mm -hmm. They
0: did. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was built in a set. The special effects team was set up in a science classroom with a lab. Bunsen burners and all that. And this was just a funny tidbit. Before production really ever began, the producer, Rob Tabert, would walk into the set and say, we sold it to HBO already. We've made a profit. So Sick. So going in before movie had even begun production, they had already sold it, made a profit. So they, they were sw- sitting pretty. They're like, all right, we're good. It's like
1: literally a dream situation. Yeah, yeah. Like a Stephen King just gives you the money that you need, which first of all, you're great, you got money. Second of all, you got Stephen King's approval and then you just sell it before you can mm-hmm. begin. So you're not even worried about like the pressure of having to make a profit and make it good. Well, I like guess obviously you still want to make it good,
2: but like, damn. Pretty magical. It all set up pretty well. Some people just have all the
0: luck. I just want some of it now. I just want some of it give me speaking of luck bruce campbell was unlucky and to quote
2: well they cut off his hand for
0: this so yeah they cut off his hand they Method beat man. him up i think it was ted ramey who said this he said any opportunity to torture bruce sam will take it in a second <laughs> <laughs> and you can't
2: you can't do that with normal actors like you no, have, when
0: you're like a childhood buddy yeah you're like, you're ah, childhood buddy,
2: you can fucking throw demolish him, throw
0: him. <laughs> So we'll talk a little here. Uh, Sam Raimi Raimi felt that the hero of the story needed to suffer. Thinking about, like, Die Hard, you know, he gets beat up. He gets his feet cut up. He gets, you know, hurt, bleeding. Like, your hero's got to take a couple punches. Oh, yeah. And he felt that extended to the actor as well. Bruce Campbell (laughs) did a majority of the stunts himself. He did have a stunt actor, but it was really only for one scene with the stairs that he used them because he has to go, like, hit first down the stairs. And he was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But a lot of the other stunts were just him.
1: There's that one bit, um, when his hand is possessed and he's like in the kitchen and he's just smashing plates yeah. on his mm-hmm. head, and then he like grabs his head and like does like a front flip yeah. down onto the ground and stuff. And I was like, like was that's, all him. It's just you can tell like it's Bruce Campbell doing that.
2: And I was yeah, like, I, Holy I shit. I did think during those bits, I was like, he's doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. At pretending his hand is possessed. Yeah, <laughs> he, did
0: a, he did a really good my, job. That was, and I'll, I'll
1: talk about it. That was like one of my favorite bits, especially uh, this the sound that they did too with mm-hmm. it. Like he's knocked out, but then the hand is like is Skidding it, around yeah, on it's the like ground. Pulling and him then it's like, yeah, and then the it floor. just like inches Yeah. and is pulling him. And I thought that, first of all, it looked really good, but yeah, it just it was, you know, for a possessed hand bit, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really
2: good, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and of course, for that, he had to do multiple takes, so imagine. You know, throwing yourself around for that, you know, several times. Oof. But yeah, he'd get annihilated just on set. And Ted Raimi said, you know, it'd be hard to find yourself able to complain when you would look over and see him getting thrown into walls, covered in syrup, fake blood and he like rocks thrown out of them and yeah. like drawn around the ground. And you're like, oh, maybe my issues aren't that bad. Sari <laughs> Uriarty Berry played Annie the woman mariah did not like i do not like her. and character one thing that's all. funny about her she took the role very seriously she kind of method acted in the sense that she was like i try to stay in character as much as i could on set she had a backstory about her character being like a boy scout and how she always wanted to like please your father and do all this even though none of that is in the movie but she did like that her character didn't seem like a wuss
1: she's not a wuss i just feel like she's stupid
0: <laughs>
2: she just sucks
1: again she well
2: she stabs a man
1: and and here's the thing obviously like I, I could tell that it was setting up to that we were watching it, and i was like oh she's gonna stab jake mm-hmm. like it's not yeah, gonna, yeah. It, obviously and she just blindly stabs him and then she drags him and places him right Mended. next to the cellar door yeah which i will say it was a good callback because like at that point you kind of forget she's yeah. down there yeah. mm-hmm. um but i don't know if i was there i think i'd probably remember <laughs>
2: Oh, there's a there's a horrible ghost monster possessing my my mom mm-hmm. in the basement,
1: and I'm just Still gonna there. like lay him right next to it, like, right little, like a little treat for <laughs> maybe
0: him. she wanted to do it,
1: a little a little dessert.
0: I will say that is her shining moment though, as an actress, in the sense that she she had to drag him across the floor actually, and she had knee injuries from she was a dancer before, mm. so she had knee surgeries and stuff, and she had to drag him across the floor like 17 times. And she was like, it was drooling. And I think in the take, because there's a part where she's sh- dragging him and she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I think at that point she was on like take, you know, 15 and was in pain. And I think that was kind of coming through. I, that's speculation, but. That's the, um, fuck, who's
2: the guy who made The Shining? Kubrick. That's that's a
0: the Kubrick. Kubrick method. Yeah. That's the Kubrick special. That's the Kubrick special. Just
2: really put him through hell. Just torture your actors until you
0: get what you want. You want him to be scared? Scare him. Want well, him to be battered? Beat him up. And Dan Hicks, last actor we'll talk about, he was the guy who plays the hillbilly, Jake. Jake. He was really great. One morning, Jake or Dan Hicks gets out of bed, greases his hair back with some engine grease from his garage, went to the audition, gave a gave a gave a good go at it. And at the end of the audition, he says, "You want to see me without my teeth?" They go, "What?" And he pops out a retainer, and they go. You're him. You got it. (laughs) Got it on the spot. Does he always have the missing teeth? Yeah, that's just his mouth. Okay. He has fake teeth, but he took them out. And so during that scene where he's dragged into the cellar upside down after Miss Annie so woefully places him Lays him out right there. Lays him out for dinner. About 50 gallons of fake blood is sprayed out of the trap door in about three seconds. In one of the takes, there was a mistake that happened where as the water hits the door it kind of comes back down and it was going up his nose in oh. his mouth and he could not breathe and no, he almost died my boy was getting waterboarded he was getting waterboarded by fake syrupy blood you know fire. up his nose it, similar things happened with uh, Bruce Campbell and you know they'd have they'd be coughing up like red blood Ugh. fake blood for a couple days that's
2: horrifying solely because like just imagine if you did have a problem, and you were coughing up blood, and you're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just that <laughs> oh, it's blood that I had. It was like that three weeks ago, but that's what it also, was.
0: Also, that poor man got his nose broken. There's a bit where the Hicks? Henrietta- Yeah, Dan Hicks got Ooh. his nose broken, because there's a bit where Henrietta like throws its hand into his face, yeah, and he just threw his hand up into his face too hard and broke his it nose. Broke his nose? Oh, it broke his nose. broke his nose. Yep. To be fair though, there's a bit when when he jumps on Bruce Campbell and scares him when they first enter the cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh Ed the other guy holds him down and then he hits Bruce Campbell and he slipped and actually hit him and he knocked his front teeth loose. Wait, does Bruce Campbell have a fake tooth now? I I should have done I I think it was just loose. I don't think they came out, but they they were like loose. Cuz you know what's a, you know, I was thinking about this. You know what's a weird thing? Your teeth are kind of loose to begin with. Have you ever you ever do yeah, that? Yeah, you can like he can wiggle your teeth a little bit. They're just kind of floating there. I'm not trying. I refuse. But I think they, they knock them a little loose, and that's the take that you see in the movie.
2: That's good. You should always use the take that does the most damage to your actors. That's what I want. Yeah.
0: We're going to talk about special effects. Sick. This special effects team consists of six guys plus a supervisor. So seven guys, not five guys. No delicious, tasty burgers. Mm. Go to five guys. Mm. This milkshake. team milkshake. Milkshake, milk, 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 milkshake. This team consisted of <laughs> Howard Berger, Robert Kurtzman, Burger, Bra- Burger, Burger, Burger. Oh, five guys. <laughs> Robert Kurtzman, Mr. Milkshake, uh, Daddy Fries, Pazuki Cookie. No, that's not their names. Howard Berger, Robert Kurtzman, Greg Nicotero, Aaron Sims, Shannon Shea, Mike Turzik, and the supervisor Mark Shorestrom. That was the whole team. They did a special makeup. These guys, small crew, fantastic job. Small crew. Very excited for this project. They made all the effects in California, and then would then drive up to you know apply them and be there to monitor them. You know, in Mm -hmm. North Carolina, they had a fantastic time with this job. They had a blast. Devin,
2: I have a question. Yeah,
0: were these the same people
2: that were in charge of the stop motion animation?
0: No. I see. I will. I will get to there at the end. But okay. There's a d- different people. These guys did all the like special makeups, um, some of the animatronics, all the very thing phys- physical. Yeah, all the physical applications and things like that. So there was about of of the like 700 shots they have. About 105 of them needed special effects, practical effects. Mm. They needed dummies of the actors to throw, drag, and shoot all things you generally can't do with a real person, <laughs> unfortunately.
2: Ugh, actors, am I right?
0: A couple of- OSHA. Right? <laughs> just take a bullet in the knee like a man. God damn. Ed, Ed's possessed face where he's got like rows and rows of teeth. Mm-hmm. He couldn't close his mouth, so he's drooling all the time. That's just a fun little tidbit. He's oh. just sitting there drooling I for hours, hours at a time, because you can't take it off and put it back on. Yeah. You've you got to be stuck in it. That's the other thing. These makeup effects are glued to their face and they have to, you know, tear them off. And for some times, they would have to tear them off and reapply. And so it was like, yeah, taking off once, it's sort of irritating, but not bad. But when you got to do that 15 times, it gets a little bad. It gets it's raw. Like, it's like duct tape on your face being torn off and reapplied 15 times.
2: Well, I'm sure the, the sweet, sweet listeners have had a little bit of a runny nose before. And you know, after you rub your nose half a billion times, even with two-ply, mm. ultra-soft lotion tissues. Your
0: nose, your nose just gets a little red, and it hurts. <laughs> you, know, you know, the thing, the thing is with, with my movies, I like to have Kleenex in them, and I like to have the nose. The nose gets a little sore. That's Quentin Tarantino. Oh,
1: okay. Oh,
0: I <laughs> was Tarantino right. talking about tissues. <laughs> all right you want to know all how right I... all right we'll cut that one fine you want to know how much I... keep it in you're you in, know, in charge of that you wanna... got no no i gotta get them goofy laughs wait <laughs> the first special effects shot of the evil dead 2 <laughs> was the bit where he stabs his hand and so they really wanted to make it look good look professional because first impressions are good they loved it they thought it was great the hand was made of gelatin which is a very common material in special effects and I was realizing, I was like, jell seems so weird, but then I forget that gelatin can be made really tough. Mm-hmm. And I forget that ballistics gelatin, what they use to test guns, is made specifically because it is like a human Humans body. Skin. Yeah. Seen that torso. shit on Mythbusters a yeah, billion so, so Mythbusters. times. So I was like, I guess gelatin is a fantastic material because it quite literally can mimic the density of human tissue. So and that's
2: great. It comes in strawberry flavor.
0: Yeah, there you go. You can eat it. You can dye it. You can wiggle it. You can make a butt out of it. Very common. (laughs) Very common material for special effects. And uh, so is KY Jelly. They love KY Jelly. KY Jelly. They just rub it on, make things slimy, make things move, make things slick, make things go in and out of other things. KY Jelly is great for special effects as well as, you know, wax and rubber. KY Jelly gets you you where you got to go.
1: This podcast episode is sponsored this, by... This is KY sponsored Jelly. Sponsored by
0: KY Jelly. Do you need... You can buy a whole gallon of it on Amazon for like $2,000. Like a barrel. Like an oil a drum. Gallon. A drum. I hate you sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> KY I, Jelly. KY dip, Jelly. Dip your body in it. Get in that tub. Get slimed. Get
0: all get slimed up. That's going to be our... When we reach... I don't know. 2,000 listens. We're going to bathe. in. It. <laughs> okay, never mind. let
1: us get 2,000 yeah. listens.
0: Yeah. We'll get it we'll... like a kiddie pool and put a KY Jelly in it, and we'll wiggle around like worms.
1: So if you go to kyjelly.com and use our promo code. Gel up. Gel up. Gel up. You get Gel 20% up. off at
0: just Gel the up checkout. that booty. Uh, actors were constantly in makeup. They were always in makeup. morning stuff in this episode. They were always in makeup. Uh, but it didn't take too much it was you know like 3 to 8 hours 8 at max so not as much as Robocop which took the poor man like 10 to 11 hours this is for like the full body suit
2: or just the face stuff? this is
0: for most of the face stuff the, the full yeah. body suit the Henrietta suit took the longest
2: though, I mean like you gotta think
0: they're spending
2: somebody's average
0: job length yeah that's a whole day just getting ready just to get and ready and then you stay in that thing for you know how many hours and then you gotta take it off
1: yeah and then do it again the and, next day and the
0: Henrietta suit took the longest because especially at this time prosthetics weren't as great as they are now so a lot of the like face things had to be put on in pieces rather than a full mask the suit was a whole ordeal to get on originally that that, that character that monster is gonna be really skinny and bony they wanted to be like a skeleton and so the supervisor Mark Shorestrom was gonna get the skinniest man he could find and Sam Raimi was like, I want my brother to play it. And not only do I want my brother to play it, but I want to like beat him up in it. And they're like, okay, so let's make this thing like big and fat then. So you get a little extra padding and stuff. And so I love uh, that idea. So, I, w- I would
1: do that to my siblings. <laughs> so
0: yeah, he got Ted Raimi to play the Henrietta Possessed thing. It took about three to eight hours, you know, depending on how much they needed. What do you
2: think came first? Do you think it was, I want my brother to be in the suit? Oh. This gives me the chance to beat the crap out of him, or do you think it's? I want to beat the crap <laughs> out of my brother. I want to beat out my brother. How, how can do I, I do it?
0: How do I do it? I, that's my personal opinion. But Ted, Ted loved it. He liked being in it. In retrospect, watching interviews, like it's great. You know, it's like such a staple character, like phenomenal. I'm glad to be a part of. You know, this genre. Looks like a boomer from. From Left for Dead, Left for Dead, yeah. Video game references come here for your everyday video game references. And
1: I totally got that because Mm -hmm. I am a hardcore gamer. Not only a hardcore gamer.
2: Mom, get the camera. Mom,
0: get. (laughs) Oh, baby, a triple monster kill. You may have noticed in the movie they have white eyes. Uh, (laughs) They're wearing contact lenses, white contact lenses. You cannot see out of them. Oh. And sometimes they are thick as glass. Very irritating. They, I think they got better for the second one. For the first one, they couldn't keep them in for longer than 15 minutes because it would just damage your eyes. And your what? eyes need to, in quote, breathe. So you can't see out of them. So what they had to do is they had to rehearse scenes without them and then put them on. And so they were just sort of acting off a of memory of how the scene needs to play because they can't see. Hmm. So that's, that's tricky. But uh, Ted Raimi would be in the suit all day. And as I alluded to Mariah when we watched it, he would sweat, and that sweat would have nowhere to go, except in the suit. And it would mix around with the materials of the suit, and it would make a nice milky white color. Oh! And at the end of the day, when they took off his little feetsies, it would just pour sweat out onto the floor. That's so fucking gross. And there's one shot I showed Mariah, where he's being suspended by wires, and he turns and he screams, and you can see sweat leaking out of his ear. (laughs) So it's gross. pouring out. I mean, it looks good for the scene because it's like a gross monster thing, but it's his actual milky sweat. Yeah, he, he, Stefan, like pouring out like a teapot. Like, he, rew-
1: <laughs> he rewound it and was like, "Look at his ear," and then this stream that just like pours out of his ear. And I was like, oh "What? God. What is that?" He's like, "His sweat." And I was That's, like, "Oh, I'm foul. actually gagging. It was,
2: it was, That's fucking disgusting. It was bad." Did, and did, did he get like trench foot or something? No, no, he was
0: all good. Um, thankfully. Oh he,
2: my god.
0: But he was a trooper. He didn't complain. He didn't have big issues. You know, he did it and he had a good time. All of them had a really good time on set. Uh, Ramey, Bruce Campbell were comedians all the time. They're always joking around, having a good time. They were saying like Ramey, Ramey, acted like he was a director while being a director. So he'd just like do weird things. And be like, okay, people, let's get a move on. It was just like a weird show he would do. Go faster. Very silly. Yeah, go faster, slower another thing, Rami, Rami, and taper, the producer childhood friend would break into the effects room because they would want to get like pickup shots and stuff. And the effects team didn't like this. Cause there's, there's one shot where they used the Linda head to like jump into the window, but the effects team weren't there because they shot it, you know, like at 3am when everyone had left and the hair was still pinned back and you can see it in the movie. And the effects team was like, why'd you do that? You're going to make a stuff look bad. So they booby trapped the, uh, the storeroom with a balloon, and, a they, and, and they and they got <laughs> they got Tabor with it, and so he stopped breaking. Into they put stuff. a fucking bungee pit. <laughs> <in> <laughs> the, <laughs> they, had, they had to put a bungee steak pit into the, the effects storeroom so they wouldn't go in there and break into it.
2: Wait, so they use like a, just a balloon full of water or something? Yeah, it's
0: just a water balloon. Nothing, nothing, crazy.
2: That's still pretty funny though.
0: And finally, coming to the end of our, our effects, Tom Sullivan did the stop motion animation and various effects, Tom primarily Sullivan. for the beginning with the book. Mm-hmm. The book of the dead where it's animated so the writing and, is like... and he, he drew it and he drew it stop motion. So that's cool. Not only was he animating the book, but he was animating the drawings.
2: That's two different kinds of animation.
0: And they're good drawings too, like mm-hmm. uh, in the book. And uh, Doug Beswick did stop motion for the dancing Linda corpse. Mm-hmm. And that was based off of, so they, they had an actual dancer choreograph it and they filmed it and then Raimi cut it so it had the pacing that he wanted. And then he used that footage to base the uh, stop motion animation off of. Hmm. So, that's cool. He said he spent about one frame every five minutes, which stop motion, if you're unfamiliar with stop motion, you take a photo, you move it, you take a photo, you move it, you take a photo, watch our other episode. Well,
2: so listeners will know, um, that's insanely fast. Yeah. Yeah. One frame for five mm-hmm. minutes, because on Paranorman, it was one frame
0: for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep, he so, went he went pretty pretty quick with this, this guy's one. guy's booking it. Mhm. Low for budget the book. from the book. Booking, booking it. And even though it's stop motion isn't like realistic per se, especially when you mix it with live action. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's so fun. It definitely I think has I think the like mixed media feeling of having live action in mixed with stop motion is just it's silly and sure maybe it's not serious, but it's just like fun.
2: It does yeah. have a very
0: specific look.
2: Like yeah. even if you go back to, I, I don't know the movie's name, but there's that like shot of the guy fighting off skeletons.
0: Oh, Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I, I I really like that shot too.
0: It's 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 fun. It's not realistic, but it's it's just I don't know, fun. It's it, it looks, looks good, good in way. It looks good way. in a different way, not in yeah. a traditional, authentic way, but it's just it looks good. And that, uh, that brings us to the end, post-production. Ooh. Its initial limited release in 300 theaters or so gave meager results of $800,000. Mm. But after a couple of months, it garnered around $6 million.
1: Damn, okay, yeah.
0: And as you know, it is now a cult classic. Yeah. A cult classic.
2: So it made, okay, it made $6 million and all of that is profit because they had already yeah. technically mm. made a profit
0: hmm Yeah. Pretty so damn good. So they're swimming good. swimming in purple. Pretty damn good. What that means. Dino's production company was a signatory of the MPAA, which is the Motion Picture Association of America. And contractually, Sam Raimi was supposed to make this movie with the intention of it being rated R. However, when the MPAA reviewed it, they said this is rated X. This is too bad. This is too gory. Really? we're going to give you an X rating, which would limit how they could advertise it. Mm-hmm. They could limit when and where it could be showed and it would have ultimately affect you know the, the profit of this movie. So what they did, Dino, Dino decided not to submit the movie to the MPAA after all and instead made a shell company called Rosebud Releasing Corporation.
1: I remember that a from the fake, very beginning when a Rosebud A company
0: came up. that they made up. And uh, they allowed it to be shown as unrated because then it's not associated with the MPAA. So rather than having an R, it just says unrated, which looks better than X. Yeah. And funnily enough, uh, Sam Raimi shot the logo of the rose. Opening up is just a time lapse of the rose. Look at that. Just make fake companies. Just make shell companies and cheat. And finally, this will be our leeway into just discussion. Many of the audiences weren't sure how to respond to this movie. They were like, because the first one was scary. And so they go into this one. They're like, am I supposed to laugh? Is this supposed to be funny? I don't get it. It's scary. But ultimately, a lot of people found funny. Some people, some of the effects team were kind of upset that people were laughing. They're like, why are you laughing? Are you laughing at my work? And they're like, no, it's like a black comedy. It's a dark comedy. It's funny. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons it became sort of a cult classic is because it's so bizarre campy. It's campy. It's so strange like the tone is so kooky. It is very kooky. Three Stooges kooky. That being said thoughts?
2: Mariah, I want to hear yours.
1: Okay. Um, so in general I thought it was fun. Fun campy movie. Um, however when we get to ratings I'll explain I don't really have any desire to see it again. Mm. Like I saw it once and I'm like alright.
0: Which is when you rate things important to you
1: yeah that's a that's a a factor i consider when rating something um like i mentioned before i really liked the bit when the hand is dragging him on the ground trying to get to the um, butcher knife yeah i thought that was really really funny and i thought it was done really well we were talking about how like obviously a lot of the bits are just kind of goofy but there are a couple moments where it's like genuinely kind of unsettling and for me that's when Henrietta comes back up from the basement and just starts singing the lullaby. And she's no mm. longer the monster, but she's like just actually
2: Annie's mother, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: and you're like, oh, fuck. that is like spooky mm-hmm. um And then, yeah, I don't like Annie,
2: fuck Annie, um, all my homies hate Annie,
1: yeah, also, and then, um, kind of the last thing that I wanted to mention, and I said this to Stefan when we were watching it, is like, Actually, you mentioned it, too, at the very beginning when we were recapping how he doesn't really have any remorse for, like, needing to chop off Linda's oh, head yeah. and, like, bury her and he just kind of does it. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, The idea of, like, somebody not being really who they are and having to, like, kill them. Um. I'm like, can you imagine... If that was, like, one of you guys and I had to kill one of you or, like, a family member, like, that shit's rough.
2: Yeah, not easy.
1: No, and I feel like in movies all the time, they're just like, all right, got to do it, and then they just, like, kill Mm -hmm. him. And I'm like, I would have such a hard time doing that, and I would just be distraught, like, inconsolable for, like, ever for having had to do that. But, obviously...
2: Zombie movies do it a lot. Yeah. Where it's, like... Mm -hmm. You know, they've turned and they're like, I, I can't. That's my brother. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone comes and they shake and they go, That's not your brother anymore. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, that was another thing where I was just like, when you really think about it, like, damn, that is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. that would be really hard. Anyway, food for thought, really cheery note. Her head
2: came off easy though. Yeah. yeah. He popped that off like it was a like fucking a Barbie. Head. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Miles what do you think
2: I like it (laughs) I like it I think it is in the same vein as uh, Rocky Horror in that it is this kooky nonsense of just things happening Mm -hmm. however I like this one
1: If you didn't listen to the Rocky Horror episode, Miles rated that one a two out of 10. Yeah. And did mm-hmm. not recommend anybody see it. I don't <laughs> like
2: it. But I am a little sucker bitch for any kind of like prosthetic work, yeah. um, stop motion, all that kind of practical stuff. I love it. I'm a big fan. Uh, him tying a chainsaw to his arm <laughs> is just cool absurd and cool absurd and cool um however i will say this movie gave me fucking whiplash with how ungodly fast it moves
0: yeah it moves i kind of like it <laughs> i how quickly it moves but yeah it's a like, whoa like later on i got used to it yeah but in that first section, I was like, yeah, the, holy the, fuck. The remake, yeah. It's just yeah.
2: going.
1: And then he just is losing his mind and like making all these crazy faces and like
2: yeah. walking around. Dude, the part where he's looking in the mirror mm. and he pops through and grabs yeah. himself, I was like, that's good. I, the, I yeah, like that the first a lot.
0: time I saw that, I liked that. Um, and I also really liked the bit where all the furniture. And wall mounts come alive, yeah. and he's laughing <laughs> he's with laughing. them. I just and he's like bobbing so, up, he and, bobs down up and down the with the lamp. lamp. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so silly. So yeah, this one I
2: I liked a lot. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of the first Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, I got a it's little. Right. I got a little worried when the tree came back. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little iffy on that. I was like, ooh, are they gonna do the thing again? The the first Evil Dead.
0: The the woods, hard are uh, a lady. A lady, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I I thought that's another reason I don't want to talk about the first one. Is like I really don't like that scene. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's like and they wouldn't they wouldn't do it again, do really. <laughs> they? This one she just like, sort of gets grabbed and they take it. It's her.
2: like sucked into the sucked tree. into
0: the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the first one, it's I think again what I like about this one and. I suppose just these movies in general and why I'm talking about this movie a lot is it is indie filmmaking and there is a charm to seeing, you can see how they did it. You know, you can see the wires and you can tell it's stop motions. Nothing's real. There's no wool being pulled over your eyes. Yeah. It's kind of But I think that's kind of what's fun and because I don't know, I relate to, you know, the indie filmmaking experience and, you know, I, I think that's what makes it fun is knowing, and seeing all of that.
1: When uh, Henrietta is flying around the room, mm-hmm. like Stefan pointed out, you can just see like the rip in the ass yeah. of like the costume. There's a oh, tear. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and you can to, like... see
0: like a guy in his boxers. You see Ted Ringy's like <laughs> boxers in there. But I, I think that's what makes it really fun. And what I really wanted to focus on with this movie and coming to the end of it is is indie filmmaking. Yeah. And these are guys that grinded and did it themselves. They did not have Hollywood parents to, to help them get a job and get into the industry and do all that. They, they decided they liked making movies and they went out there. They begged and asked people for money to make movies and they did it. And, and well, making movies can be
2: really scary when you're doing it independently yeah. because it's so easy to go down this rabbit hole thinking that you need all of these like insanely mm-hmm. expensive things. People go bankrupt because yeah. of it um and just to see that like you know cuz they for their first one they didn't have a massive super crazy budget no i guess for movie wise mm-hmm. they did have like what $300,000 yeah that's a lot of money but they kind of begged on their hands and yeah. knees for it mm-hmm. um so it's it's nice to see that
0: like it is possible it's not not only is it possible but also you know what's sort of important to me they were able to do this in Michigan. You know, for, for me and a lot of this mentality is like, you got to be in LA. You got to be here to do this. And it's like, well, I suppose if you want to be Hollywood, you got to do it. But if you're not worried about being Hollywood, making big movies and you can you can make it, you can do what you want. Yeah, do it and anyway. maybe maybe you get there, you know, and especially since I don't particularly like it here in California. <laughs> this isn't quite hot. my environment. It's hot. The traffic is awful and scary. And. It's just sort of miserable. It's all concrete. I want woods. I want trees. I want snow. And knowing that like, you know, if we really wanted, we could do this anywhere. You know, especially nowadays, you got Kickstarter, GoFundMe and all these things where people will give you money and their their approach to filmmaking is so original because they're not formally trained. And that's what I like to see. I mean, I know you got to have rules and stuff and because you, right, you got to make sense, but it's like, I like to see new things and they do new things because they they haven't hasn't been drilled into them you know to you gotta do it this way you gotta make yeah. it this way because this it's like no go ahead and make the shots spin around you know give us a bunch of dutch angles put a piece of put a camera on a piece of wood and run through the forest like uh, that's so fun that's so great it's so original it's so you know that's it's indie filmmaking and that's kind of what i think is is great about uh the position we're in you know to yeah. go out and do this sort of thing so
2: you know, if you're out there and you're, if you're thinking I want to make a movie, do it. Just
1: beg people just for money. money.
2: Beg, just do a little yeah, bit of begging. You just got to get that flame in your butt, and, and you yeah, get you up just got to. It, it really comes it. Down to you. Just got to do it. Got to do it. Once you start, maybe you need You'll, some coke to help you out, but yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Of go- I'm trying to make a nice moment for people here. <laughs> I'll call the don't, arms don't to make drugs. movies, and you're telling me to. You're telling them to farewell the arms. Coke. Make movies, people.
0: Do Make it. movies. It's not that, it's not that and bad. And before you do that, you guys listen to some trivia. <clears throat> trivia. Just a couple. The giant head at the end, mm-hmm. called the uh, the uh, Applehead, Angry Applehead. They couldn't take it with them when they left. It was too big, and uh, it disappeared. Huh. They didn't find it for years, and then they did find it actually just outside Wadesboro, uh, at a haunted house attraction. Huh. Makes sense. The chainsaw the
2: smoke. Just find it and. I guess it?
0: they just went out in the woods. they probably like someone poked around. Some kid probably found it. Told their parents went from there. After years, someone heard wind. I don't know. Think hmm. about how pe- people are weird. Little ants. Yeah. We have connections. We speak. The chainsaw smoke that you see is cigarette smoke blown through a tube from Sam Raimi. And on a side note, not related to chainsaw, that man would smoke. I said this earlier. He would smoke packs and packs a day on set specifically. Well, he's trying to go out like one of his heroes. Yeah. Like one of his fake champ heroes. So he would just chain smoke. Like there would never not be a cigarette in his hand. Oof. He was just smoking all that the time. And and again, monks. he's like 26. Oh, God. <laughs> he probably looks like 27 or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because
2: smoking makes you look like shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Don't smoke, kids.
2: Well, don't smoke cigarettes. Same or me. You look Smoke bad. a fuck ton of weed.
0: Do it. Smoke weed. Get holes in your brain. Sound effects of the evil in the forest, right? The... That Sam Raimi's voice mixed with Orson Welles' voice stretched out. Were there any huh? monkey noises? There was the one that... I didn't see anything about monkey noises, but there was the one creature that sounded an awful lot like a monkey. There was one that sounded a lot like a monkey. Sam Raimi did most of the little creature sounds.
2: Wow. Sam Raimi, a little monkey, man. <laughs> but, you know, they've been distorted
0: and all that. Yeah. And finally... The rat that you see over Bruce Campbell's shoulder and a couple other shots, his name was Senior Cajones.
2: See? Dude, rats got fat because balls. Because they got
0: big. They got, rats got such big balls. They got big nutty, nutty Senior nuts. Cajones. Senior Cajones. <laughs> Cajones. And that's all I have for you. Thanks for coming to my seminar. Well, Stefan, you still have one thing left to say. Drinks left on the way out. Well, the one thing I have left to say, first of all, is what, what do you guys rate it? Moran. I am going to give it a two. No. Three?
1: No. A four? No. No. <laughs> How about you let me talk? Um I ten think out of ten. Wow. I think I'm gonna give it a five chittering hands out of ten chittering hands. Mm.
2: It was just a middle of the road movie. Like,
1: like like I said, it was fun. I'm glad that I saw it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was kooky. I can I can fuck with those kind of movies. But yeah, I don't feel any super strong desire to like encourage people to watch it. Or watch it again myself for really the end times, and like I'll be fine if I watch it again, but I won't go out of my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought like the effects were fun. It was kooky. I didn't have like any problems with it. I just kind of indifferent to it. That's all.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: What about you, Miles?
2: Despite how much I said that I like this movie, I think it's probably going to be a six out of ten for me. It's get it's better than the run of the mill movie, but I don't think. It's, you know, thinking of a movie that I like. It's not paranormal to me. It's not The Thing mm. or uh, Jaws, yeah. you know? It's not those, like, crazy good ones. Um, it's good, but it's not crazy good. So while I recommend that you do watch it, if not solid because it is really goofy and funny, um, yeah. I'm going to go with a solid six cool Fucking
0: awesome ass chainsaw arms out of 10. And I, you know, I, I think this movie's fun. I could honestly just watch it because it's just silly slapstick humor. Why not put it on? I don't care. I'm not like a huge fan of it. Um, I was going to say 7 out of 10. I know it's higher than you guys, but that's probably Five, just six, comes seven. from. From my attachment, just knowing the filmmaking and appreciating the filmmaking and, and the characters behind it and knowing the people there had a great time. So, uh, yeah, I uh, 7 out of 10. I'll commit. 7 out of 10, just because it's it's a fun, fun time. Is it necessarily like a good movie in traditional terms? No. But it's fun. So, 7 out of 10 gallons of sweat <laughs> pouring oh, out of God. orifices. I hate it. I hate it so much. Also... If any any of you like cult followers have listened to this and you you just you know everything about this movie you love this movie please
1: leave us don't, alone don't hurt me
0: <laughs> you leave a nice comment please word it nicely don't hurt my emotions say something like Stephanie got this wrong Stephanie should have said this I'll say okay and you thing-
1: can you can go ahead and email us mm-hmm. you dumb cunt. Those, com-
2: <laughs> those
1: comments or suggestions at the takes took at by the way.
2: But yeah. that brings us to the very end. Sure does. Mariah? What are all the ways they can know who we are and listen to our stuff?
1: That is a damn good question, Miles. And you can always find us on social media on Twitter and on Instagram. We're just the takes it took. Again, if you have anything else you want to email us, I just said the email, which is the takes it took at gmail.com. We love reading emails from you guys. And then um, next week, I guess we'll in two weeks. Um, since we're going to be out of October, no more spooky movies for now, but, um, cool. it'll be back over to me and we're going to be covering the 1987 film, which this was also 1987. Yeah. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles getting ready for Thanksgiving. I thought it'd be fun to try to find a Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the only one I could think of, but
0: also It's got it's, the pink panther in it. Yeah.
1: And also I think it's going to be like the first just comedy that we've covered.
0: Yeah,
1: we haven't really really covered any just like straight comedies. So I think that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. um, Make sure you give that a watch before you listen to the next episode, guys. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, watch movies, have fun, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next
2: time. And have a safe Halloween.
0: Yes. Tomorrow.
1: Yes, because we definitely didn't record this ahead of time.
0: And you definitely listen to this before Halloween. Yes, not after. Don't poison the children.
2: Don't put any razor blades inside of the Reese's
0: Pieces. Don't or Reese's don't Reese's put glass cups, the dust pieces. in the marijuana when you hand it. Okay. All
2: right. Bye. 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 Stephanie at the Harmonize. Bye. Good job.
0: Thank you.